Lorian, how did Pet Hub get started? It's funny. So I am a co-founder of Pet Hub. Tom Arnold, my husband, is the founder of Pet Hub. But we weren't married at the beginning. In fact, we had just started dating. And I remember we were driving over to Wenatchee to go skiing. And he says, hey, I am thinking about leaving Microsoft. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, literally, we've only been dating for a couple months. I was like, oh, tell me about that. He told me that this idea that he had had, it started when he was on a trip in India and he was having to manage his two cats. He had a cat sitter and he was only supposed to be in India for one month. It turned into a three month gig with Microsoft. And all of a sudden he was having to scramble because the cat sitter had not been able to stay. And here he is in India trying to manage everything back in Issaquah. And it was just craziness going on for like having to get all this stuff together. And this should be easier. I literally am working for Microsoft, which is a company that makes everything work so easily for people. This should be easier. So that was his first taste of there needs to be something to help pet parents. And then we got home just a, you know, a couple months later. One of his cats, while he was leaving the garage, their kitty litter was in the garage, have never had a cat leave the house before or get out, got spooked, ran out, was gone. And he all of a sudden he was like, oh my God. I don't know who her microchip is with. The tag that she's got on has my old cell phone number because I moved since then and I have a whole new address and everything. There's like literally no way that I can get her home. What am I gonna do? And he was again, scrambling. And this has to be easier. So he had this idea of creating a centralized database for pets where it would all be together and then you could do all sorts of things. You could manage your pet sitter. You could manage a pet getting lost and send out lost pet posters and things like that. All these sorts of things. And so that's what the idea of Pet Hub came to be. And so he was telling me all about this and he hadn't used the name yet. And I said, oh, so it's kind of like a hub for your pet. He's like, oh my God, that's like literally one of the three names I'm considering right now is <laughs> this Pet Hub. So that's kind of how Pet Hub was born. That's also how I got brought into it. So yeah. So you kind of came up with the he, name? He already had the name. And the funny thing is, is that, you know, we were just dating at the time. He's left Microsoft. He started Pet Hub. Soon thereafter, I moved in with him. The help I was giving him was really like, hey, what do you think about this idea? Hey, the interns that I'm working with at UW thought about this. What do you think about this? And so I was really just more of a sounding board at first. But as he progressed and he filed his first patent with a QR coded pet ID tag, you know, first to do that. And, and then he uh, got an interview and he told the reporter, I'm going to give away 300 of these. Well, she reported it on CNET the next day. He was going to give away 3,000. Oh. And then overnight, like in three days, he had over 3,000 orders come in to this little quick web- website that he put up for these tags. And that's when he officially tapped me on the shoulder and says, can you help me with this? <laughs> and so I was stuffing tags and I was answering emails and it just kind of grew into basically my side gig. I wasn't getting or anything and I was looking to leave education. I was a Montessori educator and okay. curriculum developer at the time and and I said, you know, I'm looking to leave education. Yeah. It's, it's what's happening right now with no child left behind and core and everything is not my thing yeah. and uh, you could pay me to help you with this yeah. and so that's kind of how that all started. He didn't pay me much, uh-huh. minimum wage, <laughs> but that's how I got on the board. I see and this was circa year. So 2009 when he and I met okay. and then 2010 he officially started Pet Hub and uh, then I came officially on board in 2011 but I've been doing stuff you know, like I said, in my living room <laughs> for the first year. That's, yeah. That's funny. Very cool. So, and you said a little bit about your background. That's one of my questions. Um, since then, how has it grown and what are some new developments? I know that there's some big ones. Yeah, there's some big ones. So, I'll give you the 30,000 foot view yeah. of what Pet Hub is. So, we started off direct to consumer. 
We got some really nice traction early on because we were very first to the market with a QR coded pet ID tag and it was a brand new thing. We're frankly a little early to market because we would hear things like, you know, what is that thing? And oh, QR is gonna die, it's just a fad. Yeah. And we were literally told by investors early on, I don't think everybody's gonna have a smartphone. I don't think this has really got any legs because, yeah. you know, I think that smartphones are just a fad. Uh, so fast forward, but we started off uh, direct to consumer. We went into retail. We joked that it was death by a thousand paper cuts. We were getting traction, yeah. but not very quickly. But we found, and we really refined our system about getting lost pets home. We found that we we're really good at that. Mm -hmm. And several years in a row, when we would go dig into our statistics, we found 96% or higher of the pets that we were getting home were getting home in 24 hours or less. Mm -hmm. And like 35% were getting home in four hours or less. The national average was something around 10 days for return to home. So we were getting pets home faster than other systems out there. We thought, this is working. But our customer acquisition wasn't working. And at the very beginning, we thought we really want to work with shelters because we knew that that is the place you want to meet the pet parent when they're a brand new pet parent. They're just understanding what they need to do to keep their pet safe and protected. But shelters wouldn't talk to us. They basically said, you're a startup. We've been burned by startups before. Come back to us in five years when you've proven that you can do what you say you can do. So it's funny, around the five and a half year mark, shelters actually started coming to us because we had given out a lot of free tags in the community and we had about 40,000 people that had bought tags from us. And they were starting to see pets come into their shelters with the tag on and they would immediately be able to get them home. Right. So shelters called us and said, wow, your tags work so great. How do we work to get them in our shelter. And so that's when we pivoted and we started working directly with municipalities, uh, cities and counties and even states in some cases, helping them bring their pet licensing into the 21st century, ditching those old fashioned metal ID tags that were invented before the Civil War yeah. and bring you know 21st century digital ID tag that was beautiful, it was branded for the community and it linked to this free online profile and a 24 seven call center. Mm -hmm. So that was around 2016 that we pivoted. It took us about a year, year and a half to fully get everything working for the municipal licensing system, build our reputation, but since then, we are now the pet license or rabies tag in hundreds of communities. It's almost 900 communities across the United States. We get six to 800 new pets on the website every day and we're at 860 something thousand pets on the site now. We'll be at a million pets in the next couple of months. So we're really just taking off. And then if we could talk about our most exciting new news, yeah. I mean, this is why I'm getting interviewed today. Yeah. So we just found out late last year, but we were able to announce last week, early, February that we are part of the Leap Venture Studio Cohort 5. And Leap is a group put together by Mars, Michelson's Found Animal Foundation, and RGA Ventures to help startups in the pet space really go to that next level. And so we are beyond thrilled. It is such a tremendous opportunity. And right now, uh, we're only a week in to what we're doing with Leap, and it has just been thrilling what we are learning and the introductions that we're getting and the value that we're getting. It's just it's super exciting for us. Right. And Mars, this is like Mars. This is like Mars, the candy company. Like the candy this company, is like M&M's. Yeah. yeah. And they, ha they <laughs> are one of the largest pet care companies in the world. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in terms of food, it's either Mars or you know Nestle Purina that have the bulk wow. of the uh, market share. That's really exciting. That's really it, interesting. It's, it's really exciting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, for a, a Wenatchee-based startup, yeah. I mean, you're working with, like you said, one of the big 
two companies in this in this industry. Well, and it's exciting because we've actually we started having a relationship with Purina a couple of years ago. We were part of their Purina Pet Care Innovation Prize. We didn't win. We didn't get even get into the final five, but we became part of their network, and they've been tremendous too. I mean, both companies have been really, really great supporting startups in the industry. The, the leap opportunity, though, is definitely a step above of yeah. what we've had in the past, but it's, it is, it's very exciting. We've already had some opportunities that we know are going to bring new opportunities to Anachi, which yeah. are really exciting. That's really cool, too. Yeah, yeah it yeah, is. The whole trickle down. Part of the pivot was moving from Seattle to Wenatchee. Tom's had a home here in Wenatchee for the last 20 something years. He's on ski patrol. I was a ski instructor actually at Mission Ridge for a while. And so we love Wenatchee, but we decided when we were doing the pivot, you know, we had to tighten our belt, you know, cut down on staff and cut down on costs because we knew, okay, we got a lot of changes we need to make and we've got to cut down our costs. And we realized trying to have an office in Seattle and having two homes was really not working for us in terms of being able to stretch our dollar and make our runway go as long as possible. So we moved the entire company over to Wenatchee. Part of that move was also moving our 24-7 found pet call center to Wenatchee. And we now use GTC. When folks around the world call in to get help with their lost pet, they're calling just down the street from us. Wow, I did not know that, that that, that's GTC. That's that's really interesting. Another female. JC has been tremendous in supporting us in the community. In fact, when we moved to Wenatchee, it was profound, the support that we got here. It's just been wonderful. It's really helped Pet Hub. Yeah, wow. And, and you know, quick segue, this isn't actually on my questions list, but, uh, you know, I actually first saw you speak at the Tech Alliance's Flywheel mm-hmm. uh, presentation conference, which was last, the last, last one. Last year, yeah. And very few people in the room because of COVID. Yeah. And I thought, wow, this is really an interesting, you know, I saw you and Tom present, I thought this is an interesting idea and an interesting concept. You know, I, I was aware of the company yeah. and then, you know, also speak about this in my monologue, but full disclosure, my wife now, ha, you know, has taken a job with your company as you're expanding and she's really excited about that. And so oh, we love her too. You yeah. Know, that's kind of why also I was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. boy, this would be a good interview because it's newsworthy at yeah. this time, you know, for your yeah. new developments, but also you as a female CEO in the tech sector, I think is a really interesting angle because there aren't a ton of female CEOs in tech. No, and and I didn't start as a CEO. I've literally worn every hat at the company except writing code. Although as Tom will tell you, I'm really good at breaking the code that they write. I'm a great tester. But I built our sales program. I built our brand and a lot of our marketing stuff was stuff that I had done. And I was COO for quite a while. But in the middle of the year, or actually around the time we were doing Flywheel here in Wenatchee, started having discussions with a lot of our investors and our board and things like that about, look, Tom's time is so split and fractioned right now because he's trying to be CEO, but he's also trying to be CTO. And and we have a lot of really, really important tech initiatives, tech-driven initiatives that we, we need to do in order to take us to that next level. And I was, in a lot of ways, already the face of the company. I'm out there on the road. I'm in the industry. I'm the, I'm the better known of the two of us. And this was the first time I've actually done fundraising with Tom on this particular thing that we were doing with Flywheel, but it was working really well. So in July, I took over as CEO, and I was a little nervous about it, frankly. I was like, oh gosh, do I really deserve this or whatever? (laughs) But the funny thing is, is that it's felt the most natural thing for me. My background is in theater, and very much 
part of an ensemble and helping lead an ensemble. I loved to direct things. And then I was a teacher, again, that idea of directing a lot of different moving parts. I come from a Montessori background, so there's a lot of different things going on in the classroom at once, and I have to have that. I'm very much a strategic, big-picture person who can dive down into things if I need to, but I really am good at that stepping back. And this has felt like one of the most natural things that I've done here at PetUp, so it's, it's been a lot of fun. There's definitely moments, though, where I'm aware that I'm the only woman in the room when I'm talking with other CEOs and in the tech space, but that's changing, thankfully. I am also very proud to say that two-thirds of our team mm. is female. Wow. We've always been um, really, it's important to us that we are inclusive of everybody and um, promoting everybody that maybe isn't very well represented yeah. into the great positions. Absolutely, and if you have never worked in tech, that's pretty unusual for a tech startup company to have two-thirds female workforce. It's yeah. usually something more like the opposite of that, closer to 90% male. Yeah. yeah, it was important to me and Tom as well that 60 to 80% of the decision-making um, for pets is happening by females in the house. And I think it's changed actually with millennials. I think it's actually much more even now than it perhaps was in the past. But to have an all male led company didn't make any sense. Yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What's some of the advice maybe you have for young women or girls thinking about, hey, I'd like to get in to I'm really into STEM or you know, mm -hmm. I, and I want to get into the tech sector or I'm into business. Right. I've had a lot of that worry that like, I really d deserve to be here. And a lot of that comes from, you know, frankly, the way when I was in school, you know, girls that were good at math were n not treated very well. I mean, I was a nerd. I started off as an astrophysics major in college wow. and I, you know, didn't give any dates. <laughs> uh, and I was definitely a, that geek. I was very much bullied and ostracized for that. For a lot of women, I think that turns them off of getting involved with those things. I do believe, though, our world is changing and that is changing. I'm seeing it more when I go in and I work with students at the university or I work with students over at the high school, uh, be involved with the Apple STEM group around here. I'm definitely seeing more of a, of a welcoming space for young women. But I would say the biggest thing is don't let anybody tell you you can't. And one of the things that I found, I found it a lot as a CEO when I'm out there fundraising is I'll go into a room of a bunch of investors who frankly they have an MBA and they understand finance on a level that I will never understand and they start to use a lot of language deliberately to put you uh, on your heels so that you're having to scramble and, and think. So what I've really had to do is hold on to those things that I know I am can do better than any of those guys can. I hold on to that strength, I ask them questions, I go in knowing what I want to get across and I hold to that. And when I don't understand something or if I don't know the answer to something, I say, you know what, I'm not sure, let me go find out. And then I go find out. And I pull people in on my team and advisors to help me learn. Tom jokes with me all the time that I might as well have an MBA for everything I've learned in the past you know, 11 years of doing this. But I was so intimidated when I was first sitting in that room years ago in Issaquah, it's like 2012, and I was the only woman in the room. And there were maybe six or seven people on the team at that point, and I was the only female. And they were using all of these, well, I called them TLAs, acronyms. I was like, okay, knock it off with the TLAs, guys. And they said, what is a TLA? And I said, a three-letter abbreviation, stop it. Like, just please, I need a decoder ring in here. But having that courage to be willing to say, stop, explain that to me, that's important. I don't know if they're deliberately trying to keep you out, or that they're just so used to their own language that they don't realize how exclusionary it is, but tell them to stop and demand to be included yeah. in that. And so that, 
you know, I guess that would be the advice. Demand to be included. Yeah. You deserve a seat at the table as much as any guy does. Yeah, absolutely. Good, good advice. Uh, the last question I always ask, is there anything that we didn't cover in this interview that you, you know, want the community to know? As far as the Wenatchee Area Valley community to know, I really want them to know how important it is to have external ID tags on your pets. And our local Humane Society, Wenatchee Valley Humane, has an amazing pet licensing program. Pet licensing is important for so many reasons. When you get your pet license, it proves that that pet belongs to you. It comes with a pet hub ID tag and our free online profile and all of that comes with that. And it is the best ticket home for your pet should they get separated from you. So if I was giving anything to the community here in Wenatchee, I would say, make sure that you've gotten your pet registered. Register that ID tag at PetHub.com so your pet is safe and protected. It will be the fastest ticket home should they get lost. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you for sitting down. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been awesome. great.